This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it. Keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out. But I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get him rescheduled soon. And to Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone without a self-imposed suspension. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusCan.com. Austin, Nace, and Chris Moxley. Chris Moxley is here with me tonight, and I'm Felix Sharp on a apologetic version of tonight's show. Can Austin give us a prediction that's actually bold? And what does tonight's show have to do with New York? But we start with, around the country, some quarterback announcements are being made, um, including a few places that are important for campus to Ken Austin. I think it's natural to start with Jaden Rashada. He's the first of the freshman quarterbacks to be announced as a starter. So he gets Kenny Dillingham who, you know, revitalized Bo Nix's uh, draft value and CFF value last year at Oregon. He's going to be uh, Kenny Dillingham's first starting quarterback at Arizona state. This is a good thing, right? I, I think, it's refreshing that a team we always sit here and we say uh you've got just terrible players at this position your team's not going to be good why would you not play the young kind of upside guy we say that about teams all the time about not about, not even just about quarterback you know we'll talk about running backs wide receivers guys on the defensive side of the ball and it's always the coach takes the boring veteran who's been there for 4 years but has no upside and runs a 48 and like all these things, because he feels like he can quote unquote trust him and he's going to make the right play. So I want to commend Kenny Dillingham and the staff for when Drew Pine got injured, saying, We're not going to limp to three or four wins with Borget, whoever the, I forget what his first name, Drew Borget or Trent Borget, the backup, whatever his name is, Trent Borget, I think. 
We're not going to do that. We're going to throw this highly coveted, highly recruited freshman quarterback out there, game one, see what he can do, and let him figure it out. I think that's great. I think in this particular instance, this is going to go very, very poorly. And I actually wrote about this in my 10 Bold Predictions article that I do yearly. This year's edition came out uh, this week, the third year in a row that I have written this article. And it comes down to really two different things for why I am. And, and you had this posted and written before Jane Rashada had been announced yes. as the starter. Yes, yeah. I'd heard some rumors that that was probably going to be the case. So this, there, there, I'm not. I did not call this. I did, I'm not one for ten already on my my bold prediction. But basically, two different things here. One, I think Arizona State's terrible. Quite frankly, straight up terrible. I think the offensive line is terrible. I think the skill guys or the receivers are actually not awful, but I wouldn't put it as a top, I don't know, it's it, it's probably a lower half or close to the middle in terms of in the country wide receiver rooms. Um, the running back room is 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 not proven at all. So I, I don't like the surrounding circumstances here. I think if this was a better team around him, I'd probably feel a little bit better about it. But I think he's a guy that wants to push the ball downfield, hyper-aggressive. He reminds me, I wrote this like a year and a half before he committed to Arizona. He reminded me a lot of Jaden Daniels, who played there as a true freshman. Not quite as mobile, but Jaden Daniels was always looking for that home run always trying to push the ball downfield. I don't think they've ever really been able to work that out of him, but I think Daniels is very, very similar. So I think in an offense that he's going to need to get rid of the ball quickly, I think he's going to struggle. Problem number two, I think we've anointed Kenny Dillingham way too fast in this space. And he, I think he's going to be the next Harbaugh who has kind of gotten this QB whisperer moniker, <laughs> and it's completely undeserved. And here's why. I went back and looked at Kenny Dillingham's entire career as an offensive coordinator. And for most of it, he's been an offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. So he, a lot of the time he's working directly with whoever his quarterback is. He's been the, the, the QB coach slash offensive coordinator for a, a year that was so bad that Jordan Travis almost never got a job back at Florida State. He's now considered a Heisman hopeful this year. Brady White, who's one of the most prolific passers at the past 10, 15 years in college football, was the OC there for one year at Memphis when he was there. And Brady White had the second worst year of his career outside of the first year that he ever started. And you know why Bo Nix had to have a, a resurgence in his career last year at Oregon? Because Kenny Dillingham had him as a freshman at Auburn, and he passed a bad about 55% completion percentage, was terrible there as a freshman. I think last year, Bo, he's going to get this, this, this reputation because Bo Nix came into Oregon last year in a not very good conference with an amazing offensive line with very good skill players and was able to turn it around on his own. I, I don't think it was anything Kenny Dillingham did. So I like that they're letting Rashada go out there and sink or swim. I think it's going to go very, very poorly. I don't think we can tag Arizona State fans uh, in the – beginning of this show here because you've i was just kind of like hold on we got to let him cook for a little bit i'm sorry i'm sorry um mox do you have anything on Jaden rashada that you feel strongly about no nah, honestly nothing that austin didn't say i just i, know. I don't have a i don't have a strong take i <laughs> i will say though out of all the upper level quarterbacks that are starting um or going to get playing time this year i feel like he's one of the worst to do so like <laughs> developmental wise that's not helpful for him he 
He really needs. We to. are not ingratiating really ingratiating ourselves to the Sun Devils fans. Whatever. But, I already, t- um, I already put the under on their win total like three months ago. You have to feel really good about that now. Freshman QB oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to save the best for last. So let's go to DJ Uyunglele here. The strong arm quarterback coming out of Clemson. Uh, the number what? The number two quarterback recruit. Was he the number two or number one to Bryce? He was number two. He was two. He was number two to Bryce Young and played really, really well in that 2020 game against Notre Dame in relief for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I kind of thought that I was like, all right, this is it. He's going to be the next guy. I think we even had him ranked number one overall. I recommended he be uh, your number one overall pick in C2C. Had a, ter- a terrible, two terrible consecutive years at Clemson. A guy who absolutely looked lost. There was a window last year where he played well against Wake Forest, and I was like, to "Use this window to sell if you could." Um, I don't know if a sell window would open again, Austin or Mox, or if his value is tanked. He is a quarterback who has the NFL size. We know that he has a very strong arm. If he can get it together mentally, which I think is the hardest part of the game to get back, he could be something. So I don't know. I, I think that he's been named the starter. We know that Aiden Childs is there. Aiden Childs reportedly looked great in spring camp, looked great in the fall. I think this is another one where we see the freshman start, you know, I don't know, towards the end of the season at some point. I think we see Aiden Childs. I don't know that we I don't know that we get to see that 2020. Notre Dame, DJ Uyunglele. I don't think that that guy is there anymore, Austin. I don't. I don't think he is either. And it's actually funny that we're talking DJU tonight because as I was writing my uh, bold predictions article, one of the ones that I ended up throwing out because I just didn't love how the segment was writing up was that DJU actually has the best season of his career by a reasonable amount, uh, both statistically, like you know, just raw stats and, and kind of some of the underlying stuff as well. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when I was researching this, he actually from like things like big time throw percentage, uh, you know, a dots kind of yards per uh, average yards per attempt, all those kinds of metrics last year, he actually wasn't terrible. I think the eye test definitely told a different story where he was highly inaccurate, uh, mechanically a mess, um, things like that. But I think uh, a new home is going to be good for him. I actually think, and maybe this is bold, I don't think Aiden Child starts a game this year. And I don't really mm-hmm. think they ever truly consider it. Just because I think the way Arizona State's built, they're not going to ask DJU to do a ton. Um, and, or, and yeah, the, yeah, sorry, yeah, Oregon State. And I, I, think, I think the line's going to be pretty good. I think you know they're going to want to establish the run. I, I think he's in a better spot here than when they kind of expected him to be the guy at Clemson, which I think he proved he can't do. Doesn't DJ Uangalele strike you as a guy that's going to transfer again, like as a graduate? Like he's going to use all of his eligibility. Aiden Childs is going to be the starter next year. DJU is going to have his degree, and and he's going to transfer to like Texas State or something like that, where he's it's now, the Keaton Slovis. Yes. <laughs> path like yes. really really high off, off a uh a pretty good freshman year and then just like never got back it, his i don't want like i don't want to dog a kid who's like 21 um but i think the mental aspect of his game which we talked about 
like ever since that Georgia game week one of the 2021 season. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. No, it was Georgia. They played Georgia in the opener. Oh, Georgia, where they played at low scoring game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they yeah. played Georgia Tech in the opener the following season. Yeah. He had just hasn't been the same quarterback. I mean, he was great against Boston College too, uh, his freshman season. I mean, this like I just don't know if it's there mentally to like to make that confident. Like, I just don't think he, I think he has no confidence. I don't think he's had it for a while now. And that sucks because I think that he could be such a good player. But the mental aspect is just holding him back. And I, I like this fit for him, to be honest. Uh, I like Johnson Smith, the head coach at Oregon State. I think he's really good. Um, but I don't know. I think there's just a ceiling to what he can accomplish. And I don't like any of the weapons at Georgia State. Or Georgia State. Oregon State. It's just like a bunch of dudes. I mean, it's going to be a creative offense, but it's going to go through Damian Martinez in the rushing game. There was a lot of objective evidence of him being uncomfortable at, at Clemson last year and actually the previous year also. That objective evidence being when he goes to throw the ball, there's a lot of like double ed cracking and him patting, patting, patting the ball and hesitating. That's the thing that I, in the in his best game against Wake Forest, I saw that and I'm like, he's not comfortable with what it is that he's seeing. And something really stood out to me. Last year they started the season against Georgia Tech. It was a primetime game. Um and obviously uh, Jeff Sims was at was at Georgia Tech at the at the time. And I remember Georgia Tech came out. They went wide zone play action, like deep pass, first play of the game. And they did that a bunch. And Clemson came out like ran the ball three straight times to open open, open up their season. That tells you that offensive court. First of all, Jeff, Jeff Sims first pass, I think, was intercepted. So they had confidence in him. But that first pass was intercepted, <laughs> if I remember correctly. And the way they came out with DJU was run, 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 run. And then they ran like – DJU is not a dual-threat quarterback. They had like some third and five play that where they ran a quarterback draw. And I'm like, this is the – these are the scripted plays to start the season. You're running like the equivalent of, you know, Jared Goff athletically on a, on a quarterback sweep or a quarterback draw. I don't even think Clemson had confidence in him. Uh, as a uh, uh, confidence in him as, as far as what they were doing offensively. So and his his 22 2022 offseason was pretty up and down if you remember correctly too. Like he gained a bunch of weight and then right. lost like mm-hmm. 35 or 40 pounds right before the yeah. season. Like yeah. That's not really setting and I I think he I I think there was off the field stuff for him, not like him being involved in it, but like stuff that was taking a toll on his mental state and like, you know, it's tough. Like when it's it, just, it was, like it was you're dealing to with get stuff his confidence is, back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, I think it happens to a lot of people who are players who just like have it and then don't, it's not the yips, but it's like just a total lack of confidence. And that's how I feel. I, I'd love to see him get it back. Cause he's super talented. How much, I don't know. How, how much blame does a former offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter, uh, hold for, I don't want to say DJ not panning out because there's so many factors that we know that go into those kinds of things, but we've seen it with Trevor Lawrence with the, with the NFL for that first year. And they, that was like the world's most awful situation. And, and he looked terrible. And then last year looked great. I mean, I, th- I think Streeter holds a large percentage of the fault uh, for DJ's lack of development uh, firmly on his shoulders. He should never get another uh, FBS coaching job ever again. Streeter, Tony Elliott. I mean, him too, These, which falls on Dabo. 
It does because he only because until this hire, um, this offseason, he only promoted internally with guys who didn't have experience. That's what that's what happens. You get you get players who can't coach or coaches who can't develop players both on the field and off the field. And that that is a result when you have zero experience and you're playing at a top 10 program in the country. I, I know we don't want to talk for like 20 minutes on DJ Wunglele, but that 2020 season, he's a freshman. He comes in for Trevor Lawrence, I think, against Boston College, and then he gets noted. He came in in the Boston College game, if I remember correctly, and then had to play um, Notre Dame. That Notre Dame, and I know it doesn't matter if he was in the locker room or whatever, but that Notre Dame game came on the night that Joe Biden accepted the presidency in, like, you know, the big historic presidential election because everybody was at home with COVID. They actually cut the game from NBC to go to the presidential acceptance speech. Anyway, he like played well on this exceptionally well. Like that game went into what double overtime. He played exceptionally well he, as he a ar- true freshman. He arguably cost them the game in overtime, though. If anybody remember, or at the very end of regulation, where instead, and it was very freshman mistakes. Like it was like a thirty second drill, and he's passing it over the middle of the field. I was like, buddy, what are you, what are you doing here, man? You can't, you can't be but, doing that. But he had like the long pass to like Cornell Powell in that game. That's probably the longest he, touchdown pass he's played. He just never developed after that. He threw for 439 yards and two touchdowns wow. and had a rushing touchdown that game. That is on crazy. 44 attempts. Like it wasn't like on the on the attempts. road on the road in South Bend. In South Bend too. Notre Dame um, was undefeated at that point too. So like it wasn't wasn't a low stakes game. No, it was a very but, high stakes game. People forget that. But some of those some of those touchdowns were if I remember like dump off to Travis Etienne who like did the majority of the work. But I mean, we're just we're just like nitpicking at this point about DJU, right? Like, he just isn't the player that we saw two years ago. Maybe he rebounds, maybe he doesn't. But there's a lot of questions. Uh, at Illinois, I just want to note that Luke Altmyer, as expected, has been um, uh, appointed as the starter. I, I like Illinois as a twenty, I think 2020, 2021 version of Indiana. Indiana was this dangerous team with Michael Penix uh, Jr. at the helm. I think of. Illinois is a more well-rounded team, so I'd watch out for Illinois. Um, but let's get to the elephant in the room here. Ryan Day oh my is God. not going to – what do you mean, oh, my God? We've talked we about it. talk about quarterback it. Quarterback announcement. Uh, we got to talk about it, but I, I just want to preface this whole conversation with the number of tweets that Felix has sent out from his personal account <laughs> about Devin Brown, retweeting old Devin Brown posts, talking to your friends about Kyle McCord, all this, all this stuff is just – Leading into the debate so that he can say, Kyle McCord's this guy, but he hasn't won the job yet. Whoa, time out, time out. You guys know me. I don't like saying I told you so. That's not my thing. No. That's not my thing. No, no, never. But but we let's get to the news. Uh, Ryan Day has said that he's that the, that the quarterback competition is ongoing. Now, there's been some leaks out of that locker room. There's a leak that at the scrimmage on Saturday, Devin Brown is the one that played the best. Um, Devin Brown apparently was the MVP of the workout season. Apparently they have some workout system where you get between a one and five uh, based on how well you do. Kyle McCord was apparently, this is all from, this is all from uh, Buckeye Insider. I think this is from Buckeye Insider. The Ohio State message board. No, hold on, hold on. I, I do have a source here. This is from, Kirk Barton, yeah, Kirk Barton at OSU Insider. Kirk Barton at OSU Insider on YouTube. Yes, I was listening to actual Ohio State podcast uh, this week. 
But okay, so one. Just, so one. Just, uh, this is a great bit, by the way. What the, what bit? <laughs> what bit? There's no bit here. I'm just yeah. reporting the news. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That please, con- please let go me on. Get, let me get it out. Okay. Go. Speaking of the off season, they have all of this workout stuff. They have this system where you get ranked between one and five based on how well you do every day. Kyle McCord was regularly regularly getting fives, but Devin Brown won the MVP of the workout season, and the team responded really positively to him. They had a scrimmage last Saturday. Apparently, Devin Brown played well in that. They also chart all of the passes statistically through the practices and create some sort of analytical profile based on that information. According again, it's not me. It's not me. I'm just relaying the message here. So, like fourth hand, um, apparently Devin Brown has done the best analytically through their practices so far. And thirdly, there is this rumor of a straw poll taken by Ryan day amongst the coaches as to who should start. Now, Ryan Day, I think, I guess Ryan Day has admitted to this straw poll being taken. The straw poll Let's, happened. Okay. And he said it was 50 50. He said it was 50 50. Uh, the OSU insiders said, no, that's not true, that it actually went Devin Brown's way, which makes sense. If Kyle McCord was winning this job, they would have announced him as the starter already. We know that coaches are notoriously con- conservative. And they always want to start the guy that has more experience in the system. Mox, the only reason that this is dragging out is because Devin Brown is creating an absolute problem for the team and for Ryan, not for the team. He's playing well, but this is not going the way that Ryan Day expected. And Devin Brown is winning this job. That's why it's taking so long for them to declare who the starter is, is because Devin Brown is winning the job. Didn't we have the same conversation about Queen Ewers and Hudson Card last year? No. I think it was very like different circumstances. It is. It is, but it's it, it's the same argument that Phil, Felix it, is making. It, it's worth noting that Felix is like 0 for 6 on these arguments, but yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? I, I didn't say Am I wrong? No. Okay. But I mean, I mean if, so uh, the my intelligent, well, semi-intelligent, whatever you want to call it, take on this is... I do think it's close. I think that Day wants Kyle McCord to win the job. I think he'd feel more comfortable with Kyle McCord winning the job. I think Devin Brown is the upside situation. I think you're right. Devin Brown is making it very tough. I would not be surprised if Kyle McCord was still winning the job week one. Like That's what I think happens. Tell me that the, if, if, if Kyle McCord... If this was going 51-49 in favor of Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord would have already been announced as the starter. True or not true? What incentive does he have to announce it? I think Game planning for Indiana. What are you talking about? There's going to be 35, 40-point favorites over Indiana. Like They don't care about that. No, I think I think I disagree with you. Because I think they'll both play against Indiana, and I think you might get it named week two. So they're going to pull the Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. I I could legitimately see McCord starting week one. They're going to be favored by like 35 if they already aren't. Second half, Devin Brown comes in. Devin Brown plays maybe lights out. Yeah. And you get Devin Brown week two. Maybe that's the scenario. I, I think, I think McCord's starting week one, though. For. 
You mean starting? You mean being the first one on the field? But you think he will take the first snap under center for the Ohio State Buckeyes? This is what's going to happen. Either both of them will play, or Devin Brown is the starter because Austin. It again, if it was forty, if it was fifty-one forty-nine in favor of Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord would have already been declared the starter because that's what the expectation was. That's what Ryan Day's history has been in starting the. Let's go back to to uh, uh, Ryan Day wasn't a coach then. Was Ryan Day the coach for um uh, for for Carnell? No, he he was Urban Meyer, wasn't it? Yeah. And and what's his name? Yeah. They don't have to make a decision though for three weeks. Essentially, I mean Indiana, Youngstown State, WKU, and Let, then Notre Dame. Yeah, and then Notre Dame. So like, there's I don't think there's an incentive to name the starter if Day thinks he can figure it out on the field. And maybe he can. Like maybe he can get actual game reps and say, "Yeah, Kyle's going to start week one. Both guys are going to play, and they'll probably play the first three weeks." Like that's not crazy. That's it worked out for Jim Harbaugh, though. I mean, he should just start JJ McCarthy because he was a better player. But still, I don't know what six arguments I've gotten wrong. I remember being mocked and ridiculed, teased and made fun of on this very program about a year ago when I took Devin Brown as the one hundred and one over Quinn Ewers. Uh, in a supplemental draft, and now we're on the verge of Devin Brown being announced as the starter for Ohio State. Austin, you have to agree that this is being prolonged because Devin Brown is, quite frankly, he's outplaying Kyle McCord in camp. That is the only rational explanation for why a starter hasn't been announced for this school. I don't know why I'm getting told you so when I had Devin Brown as the top quarterback in the class coming out, and it's extremely well documented. I don't understand why this is like a gotcha to me. That's not, I'm not, I'm just saying, but you, this is what's happening in camp. I, I, and I, I thought when he came into school that Devin Brown would start his second year on campus. The only reason that I've been giving the edge to Comic Court is because, as you said, Ryan Day doesn't have the stomach to, he's a wimp. to, to go to, to go against he's the guy it. that's been there. We, we've talked about this. A ton on this show. I will say that I think Ohio State is one of the few. I'm generally a if I'm a if I'm a coach not understanding why you wouldn't just be taking the guy that has the most upside, even if they're going to make a couple more mistakes at quarterback. I actually think Ohio State is one of the few programs where I can understand why the coach would not want that would kind of want the safer guy because those skill guys, no matter what, are going to make plays if you can just somehow get the ball to them like good good things are going to happen. The backfield's loaded. The receiving room goes five or six legit guys deep. I don't really, I don't think the tight ends are really any good, but I mean, they've got, they've got some guys there. Like I, I think this is actually the one team where I think you can understand why day is slightly hesitant, but I've been on the Devin Brown is great at better than drew Alar. I, I've been on that, that train for two years at this point. You know what you, you were my, I was player. also very high on Devin Brown. I don't know why, why oh, we're, we're being I, everybody, you know, now everybody's high on Devin Brown. You all were very quiet when Matthew Bruning was on here talking about how great Kyle McCord was, and I have had to stand on the Devin Brown, just just take the abuse over and over on this program over my love for, for Devin Brown. Um, so you've been retweeting and posting about him for the last week. 
Okay. I've had to search almost every single day to see if he was named the starter based on the tweets that you're putting out. You're just you're just taking the victory lap before anything's happened. I have a problem doing that. And I was going to do something tonight <laughs> that I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait until he's actually named the starter in week two. And I will victory lap then. I, I, was, I, I don't. Oh, go ahead, Felix. Go ahead. No, go I, ahead. Say, I don't think it's wrong to have projected Kyle McCord as the starter this year based on what we've seen out of Ryan Day's tendencies. I, I don't think yeah, that's right. wrong. I think I think we actually don't do that enough where we say, well, this guy's just better. And it doesn't work out for us because the coach kind that's of That's what I think I'm not there. getting credit for. So I am not getting credit for is for just saying that this player is better. Devin Brown was my number one quarterback in that class, even over Drew Aller, definitely over Quinn Ewers. I said that this guy is, I mean, this guy is aggressive. He's a downfield thrower. He is a, he, he's the one that has the uh, Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre, just kind of a little bit of a backward, uh, backyard style a little bit. I mean, he's a, a gunslinger, a gunslinger. I've said that from the beginning, which is why I took him at the 101 over Quinn Ewers, over Drew Aller, over those guys. And that show, I think, was May. It was in May, May of 2022 because I went back and watched it. And Austin, your reaction was that I was a, you said like sad, delusional band for taking. Now your point was I could have traded back. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my point. Was point. I could have traded back and still taken and still taken Devin Brown. Correct. But here we are in year two of Devin Brown's system. Just saying that this player is better. I think that if if all things are equal and we're not talking about coach bias and all that other stuff, who's the better player? Devin Brown is a better player. And I'm just not giving credit. I'm not being given credit for saying that a year ago. Now everybody's, oh, I said I was I was on Devin Brown too. Now everybody wants to be on the bandwagon. Not only was I the first person here to have him as the QB1 in the class, but I, I will I, – I'll give you props for that, Felix. I think – it's still Congratulations. terrible process, but it worked out for you. I think it's risky to advise people that people, I mean, not this, this show's free, but people pay for us to give them advice. And I would be remiss if we're saying, uh, you know, you have the 101, you like the guy that is the consensus fifth player off the board, and you're not trading back two spots because you were in a draft a couple weeks ago where somebody took a dude who was blatantly not the 101 at the 101 oh, yeah. and yeah. you laughed about it. <laughs> you laughed. So that it's just, it's it. When we're in the business of giving people good advice, I have a hard time promoting the, and I do it myself sometimes, but I have a hard time promoting that to other people when people are coming to us for advice. That is, that is my big thing on, I, on that. I would like to, I would like some credit for standing on principle, not being pressured by <laughs> by you people out there telling me who I had to draft and where and standing on my conviction and drafting Devin Brown when I damn well pleased when I had the 101. And and I just traded for Devin Brown too. I just traded Spencer Rattler <laughs> I just traded Spencer Rattler and Devin Neal for Devin Brown and uh, Robbie Ashford. Um, one of those players is going to. We, we know you were targeting yeah. Ashford, really, in that trade, but Devin <laughs> Brown was a throw in. Does <laughs> um, Folks, the live shows are coming back to Saturday morning and Saturday evening. I Can we announce what's happening with the morning show? 
Do you think yeah, we, we can because we've been telling people the wrong thing on campus life. This is a new <laughs> <laughs> So the it used to last year it was that we had a morning show on Better Sports Network between uh, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And then we did the tailgate from 10 to 12. Well, this year, uh, the tailgate will be on the Better Sports Network and simulcast right here on the Campus to Canton YouTube page. So, uh, yeah, so we are working with. Uh, Matt Deutsch there, uh, formerly of Sirius XM Radio and now of Better Sports, are, this show, The Tailgate, is going to be uh, on Saturday morning. Starting this Saturday, week zero, join me and Chris K and Nicholas Ian Allen and our intern, JJ. Jay, we're all going to be there, um, and we will always have a crew there for you on Saturday morning. So, um yeah, there we go. It, it's uh, you, 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 you were so close on the lineup, Felix. You were so close on the lineup. Moxley's going to be there, not Chris K. But oh, not Chris. Oh, Mox is going to be Mox there. Oh, I thought it was yeah. okay. Okay. I think I, I put my last name in our our sign up doc too to make sure we prevented <laughs> this error. I didn't create the sign up doc, so I don't know who's going to be there. Um, speaking of YouTube. I noticed that we're really close to 2000. So I just want to state that that's a goal. If you haven't already, you're supporting us and um, trying to support what we're doing and growing in the college fantasy game, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube page. I think during the season, we can get to 2000 subscribers. Now, that's partly on us and putting out content on there regularly, which we do. Um, Nicholas E. Allen's uh, C2 a days have been excellent information that he's just giving you the download of all of the days headlines and what you need to know in the world of college fantasy and not just bloop like he's talking about what's happening at texas state and uconn and umass and all of that stuff too so um when you see those videos like them but also subscribe to the youtube page we're going to continue to build out uh the youtube page just because of the, the engagement that we get there and we get to engage with a different audience on youtube than we do on twitter or in in our own community so support us there we're getting a lot. I don't know what happened the last couple of weeks, but for some reason, you you people are giving us five star rating reviews uh, of, on the podcast feed on Apple Podcast. This one from Calhoun. Uh, he said that he also loves that there's something every day in the multiple channels. I think that that's a reference to the Discord. He says the pod and YouTube are rocking. So uh, thank you to Calhoun. We appreciate your support. I want to. Can I do this? Can I, can I listen? I want to continue to grow on the podcast feed. I want to continue to grow the YouTube page between now and next week, a new, new five-star rate and review, a new five-star rate and review on Apple podcast. And we, we will get you a uh, one person. I don't know how many people are going to do this. One person will get you access, free access for a month to the all 22 package, everything that we have to offer at campus to kid. Um, as far as housekeeping goes, we also need to let you know about home field. Use promo code campus to Canton for 15% off. And then what's the um, it's player prop season. What's the promo code at prize picks? Is it C2C? Yes, C2C. Sir. Three C2C letters. And you get a deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's what I thought it was up to a hundred dollars. So go ahead and support us. There's free ways to support us. Subscribing on YouTube, liking the videos, leaving a five-star rate and review. If you want to have a little bit of fun, go ahead and get yourself some vintage uh, college gear from Home Field Apparel. Anywhere, any school, 
15% off promo code campus to Canton and then prize picks promo code C2C. All right, let's move on here to the bold predictions. The bold predictions. Austin, I, I don't know. Should we st- you you write an article every year, which has become one of my favorites, where you identify. I can't get you to do bold predictions on this show, but you will do it in one. You'll do it one time a year, every year, where you you actually say something, you know, with a little bit of fire behind it. Your bold predictions article, which is in the description link of this YouTube video, if you are watching on YouTube, you can check out Austin's article. Do you want to go? Th- I mean, you might have some new ones tonight. Do you have new ones tonight, or are you just are you just relying on what you did in the article? I tried to come up with one new one for tonight, but I I I'm not going to lie. I, I the flamethrower is out of uh, juice right now. After, well, after me, I mean, me and me and Mox have bad bold Perfect. have our okay. own fresh new bold predictions. So why don't you run through your ten and then I guess give us your new one really quick, and then we'll go through ours. Sure. Well, um, react to yours. These are in no particular order. Um, number one, Artie's looking pretty good. Uh, Andrew Paul leads the Georgia backfield after their bye week, which I believe is week seven or week eight this year, um, which might come a lot sooner than that because they've, they're they down Branson Robinson now, has suffered a, a torn patella. He's out for the season, and um, uh, Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards are both out as well. So Andrew Paul leading Georgia backfield after the bye week. That might, I mean, I think that technically will be true, but he also might lead it before the bye week too. Um, I, this one for next off season, Carnell Tate will be the first wide receiver off draft boards next off season in campus to Canton leagues. Uh, Trevor Etienne averages over 15 fantasy points per game in half and full PPR formats. The younger brother. Yes. Of Travis Etienne, the second year running back at Florida, Jaden Rashad, as we mentioned earlier, his stock tanks as he's forced into action too early. Uh, Malachi Corley finishes with over 125 receptions, something only 17 players have ever done. Uh, in uh, NCAA history, or at least FBS history. Number six, Frank Harris, the UTSA quarterback, does not finish as a top 36 option in fantasy this year. Uh, number seven, Fresno State running back Malik Sherrod, on the other hand, finishes as an RB1, uh, a, a tradition like no other, the Fresno State running back having a very nice fantasy year there. Uh, he's definitely not drafted that way right now. A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia to uh, Texas this offseason, has a big year for the Longhorns, helps his draft stock, and is a first-round NFL draft pick come this next offseason. Jaquazy Petaway, the true freshman wide receiver at Oklahoma, sees the biggest rise in ADP from the freshman class amongst all of them, uh, currently going at an ADP of 232 overall, uh, so roughly uh, pick 1905. I think that that improves considerably. And then uh, for anybody not familiar with the year one zero theory, basically a, uh, a, a very low performance thresholds for true freshman wide receivers that they need to hit in order for them to be legitimate uh, Debbie options down the road. And I'm predicting nine of our top 10 receivers in the campus to Canton freshman guide avoid year one zero status. The one that misses it, Florida State's Hakeem Williams. Can I ask? There's, I mean, there, I could have asked a bunch of questions, but so Eddie Mitchell was a three-star prospect at Georgia who we heard the buzz about him in the spring. I think he played, he even played well that spring game. He didn't really like, it's not like he was the leading receiver for Georgia or anything last year. Why, why do you like him? Yeah. So his true, the context being he doesn't have the recruiting pedigree. He just 
he was a lower ranked recruit who played well at a big school. Now he's transferring to Texas. Why do you like? COVID was the first year that we started Campus to Canton. And so it was our first year kind of putting a lot of uh, recruiting takes on record. But I remember a lot of us saying that it was going to be a really weird year for recruiting because coaches couldn't get out to see a lot of these guys that year. And so you were getting a lot of players who were not priced correctly or were not ranked correctly. We saw it really at the running back or the, yeah, at the running back position where I, I think we said, you know, it's Trayvon Henderson, it's Will Shipley, and then some other dude's going to come out of nowhere and, and take this job. We, we liked Raheem Sanders quite a lot more than the services. Yeah. And he, yeah. he has happened to be that guy. But I think that kind of happened for, for Mitchell too, who went into Georgia as a true freshman and finished third on the team in receptions as a three-star receiver that year. If you remember correctly, they also got Ladd McConkey in that class who was a very low three-star. I think they just, Pricing, the, the rankings were not good that year, and I don't think it was the service's fault per se. So that's point number one. Point number two, I think there are a lot of things kind of peripherally to like about A.D. AD Mitchell. I think he compares kind of favorably as an athlete and as a player stylistically to George Pickens, which I think is kind of the easy one because they – he kind of took Pickens' position after Pickens left there at Georgia. But if you look at our athletic database, one of his top five or six comps is Justin Ross. And I don't think he's quite the technician that Ross is, but I do think as an athlete and as a mover, they do look very similar. Kind of that lanky, a uh, little bit of a long strider, but just smooth. Um, and I think if he can just learn some of kind of the separation nuances, which I think the tools are there, I, I think he's... Uh, I think I have him as the wide receiver four or five in the class right now. And I think he can get up to three with a really good year there. I, it wouldn't shock me if he leads Texas in receiving this year. As a, as an aside, you mentioned Raheem Sanders there. I kind of forget all of the calls that we've had. Like if you've been listening to this show and kind of following camps to get content since we started, there are certain players that you just have on all your rosters. The three stars that we uh, that we touted, Devin Neal is one, Raheem Sanders is one, Quinshawn sure. Judkins from last year is one. But I'm also proud of the fades that we had. We faded Raleek Brown. Raleek Brown was either what the number one or number two running back in his class. We fa we said in the freshman guide that Emmanuel Henderson was not a running back. Here he is playing wide receiver at Alabama. We faded him also. We actually got questions about that from the industry fading the fact that he wasn't in our top tier, our top two tiers, I think, when we released the freshman guide. So, I'm, I mean, I'm forgetting some, but we've had some, like, very strong calls over the last three years and have, and have worked out. I mean, Raheem Sanders is probably is looking like he's going to be a day two pick. Um, what I mean, whatever you, you – you definitely – Got some equity on that selection if you've taken Raheem Sanders, if you've taken Devin Neal, if you've taken Quinshawn Quinshawn, I mean, shout out to Matthew. Quinshawn Judkins might be the best one, a three-star prospect who was the leading rusher amongst freshmen uh, last year. So, um, okay, do you have your your new one? Do you have the fresh one just for the show, just for the Debbie Debate audience? What's your bold take? Yeah, just for the Debbie debate audience, like I said, the the flamethrower is a little is out of juice a little bit here, so so not quite as hot as the other ones. But I don't think we see a USC receiver get over 800 yards receiving this year. I think it's a combination of too many mouths to feed, and I don't think any of them are that good. So there's my bold prediction. I was thinking of potentially doing a list of players that need to be sold right now. 
Dorian Singer is like number one on that list. We we are digging that we're digging in in that trench right now against like everybody else is saying go buy Dorian Singer and I think we're one of the only places that's like get rid of Dorian Singer please get rid of Dorian Singer get rid of Dorian Singer John Arrington you you hear us John Arrington we're talking to you oh well, I'm sorry was I not supposed to say his name I'm, okay I'm sorry never mind scratch that we'll edit it out we'll edit it out. Um, <laughs> Chris, do you want to go first or I go first with the bold picks? I only have really, I, I have two that are well thought, thought out, thought out, and then a throwaway third. I can just rapid fire mine. Okay. Um, I'll save the best one for last, actually. I think Frank Harris finishes as a top five quarterback in the country, and this is a direct response to Austin's outside the top 36. Um, I think he can do it on the ground and through the air. I'm not worried that his weapons are hurt just because the offense has been so efficient. Will Stein is a, a good offense coordinator, but I'm not super concerned about his loss either. I just think Frank Harris is one of those quarterbacks at the group of five level at UTSA where you just plug and play. He'll be awesome. Not worried. Um, and I'm going to go Homer-ish on this one. I think Antoine Wells leads the SEC in receiving. I mean, he's by far the best wide receiver on South Carolina. And I don't think there's another receiver that's so far ahead of their teammates that has that type of position. I think the only other one is Malik neighbors. And I'm not sure that Malik neighbors is that far ahead of the group behind him. That's pretty, pretty strong. South Carolina receivers stink. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's Amarine Brown. Who's been there for like three years and done nothing. Xavier Leggett, who nobody even knows, and then like some some young dudes. But I think Antoine Wells could easily lead this conference in receiving. Um, I think Colorado State wins the Mountain West this year. Getting a little bold. I have been on them the entire offseason as a team that I think is going to outperform expectations because how bad they were last year. Last year was not anything like the offense that they want to run there. And Jay Norvell has run previously at Nevada. Like it was nothing air raid. Like the, they were throwing 20% less than they wanted to in neutral game scripts. I think there's a really good opportunity for a bounce back. And the offensive line was terrible. And I think it'll be better. It just needs to be like a, like a little bit better to not be a disaster, but you're going from a totally different scheme that Steve Adazio ran to one that is like the, the concepts for all players that were in that program are so different. And yeah, they brought a lot of dudes over, but there's still an adjustment period. So I like Colorado State, and I think, you know, they're 40 to 1, 25 to 1, maybe, to win this conference. I mean, I think it's an interesting kind of kind of bet. And that's, you know, getting bold. And then five. With, with Colorado State, I just want to mention the fact that there are a couple of players on that team that we like. One in Clay Millen and two is Tory Horton. And I actually like the running back uh Avery Morrow, who it looks who was like cleared he's going, from his assault cleared, charges. He's be eligible. Uh, to play this year. So um, all and those guys should be rostered. I think Justice Ross Simmons too. Um, yes. Adding, yes. Adding one more name. Justin Ross Simmons, who fits my definition as far as size, but he has no athleticism. Um, but yeah, a big possession wide receiver there at Colorado yeah. State. I, I expect this offense to be a lot better than they were last year. So I think they're an interesting uh, you know, team to pick for bowl prediction. Number five, Texas is actually back. Queen Ewers wins the Heisman and they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I love, I love this, this team. I have them ranked eighth. Uh, they're ranked 11th in the AP. 
Uh, both sides of the line are excellent. I think Quinn is going to settle in. I mean, I think he was hurt a little bit last last year. Um, I mean, I know he was hurt post Alabama game with the collarbone, but I think he was had some hand injuries and whatnot. And I like the weapons. Very right? AD Mitchell, Xavier Worthy. It's a deep J J like JT Sanders. I mean, just a really deep uh, room of receiving options. And then I think the running backs will be fine. Just a really good team, and their schedule is not that tough. Their toughest game is Alabama, obviously, but I mean, I'm looking for their second toughest game. Maybe it's going to come against TCU and Kansas State. Like, I think they're they're a touchdown favorite at least over those teams. So, I really like the Longhorns this year, and I think if they go to the playoffs, I think Quinn's getting Heisman buzz, and I I think he could win it. That Texas Alabama game. I mean, if there was one football game, college or NFL, that I could go to this year, I would go to that Texas Alabama game. It was great last year too. I mean, yeah, Bryce was, Bryce Young leading the drive at the end. Um, Luke adds in the chat that that Felix is going to next. He's going to say that he was the first on Clay Millen. I give credit where credit is due, and I remember distinctly that it was it was Austin that was uh, that was first on Clay Millen. Not only was he first on Clay Millen, then. Clay Millen's like draft stock just shot way, way up. And uh, Austin could not get him. Uh, I don't have Clay Millen rostered anywhere. So, all right, let me show you how this is done, boys. This is how you do a bold prediction. Uh, Devin Brown is your Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I don't even know if this is bold. So Devin Brown, as we've discussed, has created a problem. If you've ever applied for a job, that you knew was opened publicly just so that it can be given to someone else. You know what that feels like. And it's your job to go into that interview room and create a problem. That's what Devin Brown is doing. Now let's say hypothetically that he doesn't start the season as a starter. That doesn't really matter because we saw that last year with Max Duggan. Max Duggan did not start the season uh, as the starter and still was in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He didn't obviously, he did not obviously win it. Um, we know that Ryan Day's offense is suited to emphasize quarterback production, so I don't know that it necessarily matters if it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, but there are two main reasons why I think Devin Brown is like poised to maximize what it is that Ryan Day's offense does for the quarterback position. One is his play style. As I mentioned before, hyper-aggressive. When I say aggressive, 19.7 yards per attempt in high school. Now, when you apply that to college standards, anything over 10 yards per attempt is, is you know, really, really high. <laughs> in high school, 20 yards per attempt on – he had like 4,300 yards passing his last season there at Corner Canyon. It, it's, not a, it's not a small sample size. He was throwing the ball downfield. But I think we also need to acknowledge that he has more rushing ability, more athletic ability than Kyle McCord. So he would be more of a focal point of the offense. Now, Ryan Day has been conservative with his quarterbacks rushing the ball. We saw Justin Fields just break the rushing record. And he was a reluctant runner at Ohio State. According to Matthew, like it was because Ryan Day didn't want him, Justin Fields, running the football because he was scared of the inexperience behind him. Now, you look at, at um, C.J. Stroud's season last year. C.J. Stroud, again, would approach the line of scrimmage and then run like diagonal and not actually run down the field. I have no idea why he did that. But 
we saw a completely different C.J. Stroud at the end of the season in that playoff game against Georgia. When, like, everything was on the line, he had the green light to go. C.J. Stroud ran the ball 12 times against Georgia, and he never had more than six rushes in all season before that playoff game. And one of those games with six rushing attempts was against Northwestern. If you remember that game, it was like wet and sloppy and, you know, it was a defensive struggle. The offense couldn't run the ball. And it was super, it was super windy. So it makes sense that your quarterback would run the ball in that type of environment. Devin Brown is two, three times the athlete on the ground as CJ Stroud. So if we put all of these things together, we allow Devin Brown to run the ball like he did, like C.J. Stroud ran the ball against Georgia. We know that Devin Brown is a gunslinger. We know what, what Ohio State's offense does with Ryan Day and the skill positions there. I don't even know if this is a, a bold prediction to say that Devin Brown is your Heisman Trophy winner if he actually gets the starting job. Um, so that's prediction number one. But prediction number two is I'm just going to go ahead and give you New York. I'm going to give you the Heisman Trophy finalists. Caleb Williams is going to be one. But the third, and there's, go, there's going to be three Heisman Trophy finalists, is Chris Moxley. Guess who the third is going to be? I don't know. Curtis Rourke out of Ohio. Michael, Michael Panic. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I'm not giving in. <laughs> the third finalist is going to be Carson Beck. Uh, Carson Beck. I thought you were going to say Michael Penix as well. (laughs) Carson Beck, to me, is the obvious candidate to make the Dwayne Haskins slash Mitchell Trubisky slash Zach Wilson one-year jump to the NFL. Uh, Last year, Stetson Bennett had 4,123 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions on uh, 454 attempts, 9.1 yards per attempt. The C2C winning edge projections for Georgia's QB1 this year are just under about 3,200 yards, 23 TDs, and seven uh, INTs. I think that it's more likely that Carson Beck surpasses Stetson Bennett's numbers. Um, We're projecting 388 attempts. I think that we see another 450-ish attempts, but I think – that we could see that yards per attempt creep over the 10 yards per passing attempt mark. When you look at what how they've how they've um, uh, structured structured this wide receiver core, you got three guys that can stretch the field: Brock Bowers in the seam, um, Arian Smith on the outside, Rara Thomas on the outside. You got two guys who can play the inside and in. The transfer from Missouri, Dominic Lovett and Ladd McConkey. Ladd McConkey can actually play inside and outside. They just lost Branson Robinson. There's this narrative that Kirby Smart wants to show that he's the reason why this team was successful and not Todd Munkin. So maybe they're going to pour it on even more this year in their third year trying to defend their championship than last year. I kind of buy that. I mean, Chris, I think you said that. I think you're the one who said that. I buy that narrative. I think that this is a team that is structured to get vertical. Even when the, when they go two tight end sets, they go those two tight end sets to run race, to run crossers, to run deep play action off of wide zone, off of those two tight end sets. And Carson Beck, God love him, 
he loves throwing the ball deep. We saw this in the spring game that this was not a quarterback that they were hiding. They were doing five-step drops and throwing the ball downfield. And I think the key to all of this is one that they had to, they, they had some transfer wide receivers come in and Robert Thomas and Dominic Lovett. But if Aaron Smith is healthy, like Aaron Smith is one of these guys who, if he's healthy, yes, he's been he's not been healthy for three years or two years. He has one good season where he's healthy for all 13 games, and he goes for 1,200 yards receiving, and he averages 20 yards per attempt, and he's you know a Bolitnikov finalist. He's considered a day one or day two NFL draft pick out of the blue. But we're talking about legitimately one of the fastest players in college football. And in my opinion, an offense that is designed to emphasize the strengths of a player like that, the strengths of a player like Arian Smith, the strengths of a player like Carson Beck. And you all know that I love Ladd McConkey. He, he's just kind of the, 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 straw that stirs the drink so my bold prediction really is is that there's your finalists in new york carson beck caleb williams and um and devin brown and devin brown i was gonna i was gonna have a bold prediction about barry and brown leading leading the country and receiving but to, to be honest the last time i saw devin leary throw the ball he was not he wasn't great so and I've talked enough about my two predictions, so I'll just leave it there. Boom! That's how you do it. I would laugh at that Heisman list, but quite frankly, I think we got Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan there last year. And so, you know, not to, I don't think anyone would have predicted those two at the beginning of the year. So if it's if it's not them, it would be like Michael, it would be Michael Penix Jr. and like Blake Corm or something like that. There's not a defensive player that I could think of that would be there this year. No, Harold, not even close. There's Harold no, Perkins, there's no, maybe. yeah, that Harold Perkins is like the only, but there's no Will Anderson this year. This year. So, all right. Anything else? I found the draft that uh, you posted that you took, Devin Brown 101, by the way. I put it in the, the private chat here between the three of us. Uh, well, good. Do you want to talk? Go ahead. You found the the actual draft? I found the actual draft board. You posted it, yeah. Mr. Yeah. I don't like to brag or draw attention. Okay. I, 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 you did, I, I was not paying attention, so you can go ahead. And I, I want to say for the record that I would have loved this draft directly after it happened. If you told me I walked out of this draft with these players, I would have been so happy. But here's the list of players that you got here in this list, Felix. You took I, Devin I Brown 101. I see. You got Lorenzo Styles at the 2-1. He's now a DB. Ohio I, State quarterback. I liked him quite a bit. You got Matthew Golden in the third. That looks yeah, pretty man. good right now. Talon Shetron in the fourth, uh, which I'm kind of still a believer. But, yeah, we're, we're in bust territory right now. Jaheim Bell, who – Probably bust. Probably no. bust. that. What? He's an he's not, a he's not he's not a legitimate NFL prospect. He's been he's been a good CFF player though. No, he hasn't. Not really. He okay. wasn't even a tight end one line. I don't even know if he was a tight end two last year. I don't know. I don't think the Jaheim Bell is Andre good. Green, the wide receiver Us. from North Carolina, who stinks. Cartavius Norton. I'm being made fun of right now. It was now? not good. Is that, is that yeah. what's happening? And then Braden Bennett. So this this was a fun, and I like I said, I would have loved walking out of the first eight rounds with that group last year. That just shows you the uh 
how tough some of these C2C, C2C and, and Debbie and, and CFF drafts can be. Stay humble. Okay, Jaleel Brock is not at all high. I'm going to go on the defense. I'm, not, I'm just stating facts here. So <laughs> Cartavius Norton is going to be their starter. Andre Green Jr., whatever. Jaheim Bell, I think that he still has a chance. Yes, he's a move tight end, but. He's like 215, though. Is he 215? He's not even. I, don't know if he's, I think he's, he's like, a little chunkier than that, but he's, he's like, like 263. I think that's the really big problem for him. He's yeah, he's not. He, he played running. He had more rush attempts than he did receptions last year in South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So you're. So out of this draft, I got Devin Brown and Matthew Golden. I'm being yeah, I mean, ridiculed I'd here. That just, I, I would have been really it. happy with the rest of it, and they all probably are bad. Like if I would have drafted Quinn Ewers, I would have hated this draft yeah. even more. It's, it's funny how you got a QB two at Ohio State and the Q wide receiver two at Houston. It's all good, baby. Um, there's a lot of content to take in around here. There's the podcast feed, the YouTube page, the actual website with the articles, and then now that the, we're kicking the in-season uh content, it's the Saturday morning and Saturday evening shows. We're going to have an announcement about shows and when i say an announcement we're bringing some firepower in for the season um but it's just podcast for our nil subscribers and i think that's going to be announced to, is that tomorrow for canton bound uh different podcast announcement relating to the nfl show that's it, what colin well, wants to announce you can announce whatever else you want no colin no. colin doesn't want you to talk about the nfl stuff because that's it okay it's just his career okay. is wrapping up, so he, he wants to, you know, go out on his own terms. Finally, finally canned him. Huh? Well, you just kind of let it, let the cat out of the bag. Did we did Felix freeze? That's uh, that's so perfect. Apologies to Kirk <laughs> His computer melted from all the hot takes. Oh man, I think he really did want to uh, to to reveal the shows that we're doing on the NIL only feed. I think it's four or five shows total that are going to be on there on a weekly basis. I think that they're going to be do, pretty good. How many do we have locked in? Uh, three for sure. Um, I know those those three are, and then I think the fourth one's all but confirmed. So plus the collective. So. Uh, we'll talk about it on the after show. Yeah, uh, someone in Luke in the yeah. chat just said, yeah, talk yeah. Tonight we're having an after show tonight. We're back. We are. Felix said his computer died. He will be back momentarily. Cool. All right. Well, then apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. Ran out of time. I mean, we had to kick Felix off of here too. Uh, we'll get him rescheduled um, from Chris Moxley and Felix Sharp and Austin Nace. Good night and good luck. I'll, I'll let I'll let Felix have his pride and joy. Same, same. He was really excited about it, and Colin was just like, "I don't want him to reveal the the NFL show news." So, fair enough. That that was his one his one wish. Um, I've been watching a lot of Beat Bobby Flay lately. It's a great show. I just wrapped up Succession. Ooh, so I, I think. I have been dragging my feet on finishing it because I don't want it to be over. I'm like How five episodes. I'm like, so I was like totally caught up to the last season. Like I was waiting for like everybody uh, else. And then I'm like through three or four episodes in the final season. Cause I just don't want it to be over, but I've, I've actually been watching billions lately as like my dramatic show. 
So what do you think of, uh, or do you know what happens at the end of succession? Uh, I, I know like in five words, like, you know, blank becomes or like takes over the okay. company. Like I know that part, but not, not how we get there. The journey to get there is pretty good. I do before Felix makes the announcement. This is actually a good question by Shane. Uh, is the it urban sucks. documentary any good? Uh, Shane, I know you're a huge college football fan. Um, you won't learn anything that you already didn't know. And I didn't even care if they dove into the Aaron Hernandez stuff or anything like that, but there was so much um, misbehavior and shenanigans and just all sorts of other stuff behind the scenes. And it's literally just Urban Meyer explaining why he refused to kick anybody off the team. Like, it's a, such a fluff piece for him and Tim Tebow. It was embarrassing. So, uh, no, it's not any good. Um, they they talked to like five players on the team, and three of them I don't give a shit about. Um, like it was just, it wasn't very good. Okay, ready for me to make the announcement? Please do. This is the after show now, by the way. We, we is it, it the after show? We wrapped it yeah. up after the party. Is the after party? Yeah, let's go. Um, so four four hour and hour hour is one of the hardest for me. Hour hour. I say I'm the it, same way. Do you say I'm the same way, Mox? Hour, hour. Yeah. Four hour NIL subscribers. Four a four hour, hour what? Four hour. Show? A f- we're having a four hour show for NIL subscribers? Four. <laughs> I don't even know why I said hour, hour there. Anyway. All right. Four hour NIL subscribers. Um, we are providing some um, in-season audio content for you, but it's not us. Uh, we're going to get some different perspectives there. We're going to have a podcast from Analytics and Michael Nelson at, from the Debbie Marketplace talking about C2C strategy that will be uploaded to the podcast feed that we've, if you've listened to the collective, it'll be on the same podcast feed. That's the appetizer. Um, but sorry, we're also going to have, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, Felix isn't capable sorry. of saying anything nice. So that's a nice thing I think I've ever heard about. That that is that's the only time I've mentioned Nelly without being super <laughs> being sarcastic. Nelly's in the chat too. Nelly's in the chat. Nelly's I uh <laughs> I don't I don't Nelly did not retweet my tweet the other day where I said if you're interested in Debbie and C2C, please listen to this talk from the expo. Um from my very good friends Shane Hallam, Kane Fassell, Eric Froton, dot 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 dot. And also, Michael Nelson was present. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, but the second show is we're going to have Matt Waldman on to talk about. um, I'm not. I think we're going to be taking questions. I think we're going to be doing a variety of things. I'm not exactly. We could be even. It could be even the case of, hey, I've got a player like Sean Tucker or Zach Evans or Kayshawn Boutte on my team. Do you see them getting the draft capital that we are uh, projecting? <laughs> I can just call Nelly a snack. Yes, Todd. <laughs> I just called him an appetizer. <laughs> I just called him an appetizer. Um, but yeah, yes. Did you do so? You did the whole Kirk Curve Street uh, good night, good luck. Dang it. So you can do it. You can do it again. We can splice it in if you want. You were gone. No. Well, we gotta we gotta edit out something else, right? There are Have we ever edited this show. Yes. Yes. No, we just deleted a show once. We've never edited this show. I consider that editing, but we deleted an entire after show. 
Yeah, that's, that's one we we deleted. First of all, there was the record, no reason to delete. I don't even show. think it was that bad, but I get I don't why. Think it, no, you were the one who said that we had to delete it. No, no, no. no yes, no, you no. are. You're you're the most conservative out of everyone here. So you're the one who said that we had. This guy has Reagan eighty four picture in the background. <laughs> oh what? I, Reagan eighty four poster. Oh, I, I don't I I don't appreciate the fact that my show wasn't even mentioned on the 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 reveal. Thanks, Felix. Oh, Luke shoot. Luke remembers totally what forgot. it was. I totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah, yeah, because Luke says that's his favorite episode. <laughs> he Luke has told me repeatedly that that's his favorite episode. The lost episode. Okay, so the right, lost so episode. There are three shows that are going to be for our nil only subscribers austin's going to be doing a weekly show michael nelson and nelly ticks from debbie marketplace is going to be do, doing a show on strategy austin what's your show going to be on so i'm writing for members only this year an article on kind of the 10 big takeaways from the week in college football that will drop probably either sunday nights or monday mornings weekly it's going to have a lot of things that aren't just like opinion like uh freshman snap percentages um, you know, weekly target leaders, uh, you know, shifts in offensive philosophy, things like that, just to uh, kind of dig into some trends, hopefully before uh, your league mates are, are looking at some things. And then I'm going to basically do a 20 to 20 to 30 minute, almost certainly no longer than that weekly, just kind of podcast, exp you know, expanding on on the, the points that I'm making in the article. And then um, and then the show with with Matt Waldman. Uh, Having him on our platform is something that I wanted to do for a long time, and I uh, had to talk, got to talk to him over the last couple of. I mean, I do a show on his podcast feed, which was exciting and on in and of its own right. But for him to, it, we have allies in this space, and he is one of them. You know, he is one that really supports what it is that we're doing. So he's going to be on our platform talking about players and i think that that's going to evolve into hey I'm, I'm trying to think of a guy who might be like a fringe uh nfl player that's in the nfl right now because to me like you know sean tucker was that guy who might have gone in the second round of your supplemental drafts and then he goes undrafted uh in the nfl draft but questions like that like hey i've got jaheem bell he's 220 pounds and a move tight end do you see him having a role in the nfl that actually might be a good one to start with so um, yeah. i think the matt waldman shows is really exciting because i mean we've had a relationship a close relationship with him i say we you've had a very close relationship with him and i think he's been supportive of you know everything that we've done and so to get somebody like him mm -hmm. who is incredibly well respected and has his own process that he's been doing for like 15 plus years, years it's, 20, it's, yeah. it's really really exciting and you know to have to have that offering something that we didn't have last year for the NIL members. Um, I feel the same way about Nelly's show because Nelly, I think, is one of the best uh, when it comes to thinking about things strategically. Like, the stuff that we're going to be providing there is awesome. So, really, really excited. And there are probably, probably two other shows, too, that we're... I, I don't feel comfortable saying them here, but I'm about 98% sure that they'll be finalized. So Do I know about that? I think I've mentioned all of them so. across different chats I, I don't I, 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 maybe not maybe not but to be you were key to one of those shows <laughs> i am no. no no oh i maybe i don't know then mm -hmm. i don't, yeah, I to don't be sincere we don't even be know. sincere one second about nelly i i remember talking about you know his idea for that show and i think that it is going to be it's it's something that is strategy specific about c2c i think is necessary 
in the space. Doesn't so actually, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Doesn't exist right now. So I think I'm actually um, excited to listen to that. I have I I kind of wanted to talk about this what this week has been like. Is that all right? I mean, I already sure. said I was going to. Yeah. Have you seen the sh- the show sheet, Austin? <laughs> I, it's up right now. I see it. The I almost what? posted this on Twitter, <laughs> which is the Austin is going to freak out. <laughs> so, you know, there's the business. Uh, uh, this is what I want to talk about. There is the business side to what it is that we're doing. That is sometimes not so. F- to be honest, it's not. It's not fun. It can be disappointing. It can be disheartening. And we had. Now, what's funny is, is this week we had first the disheartening thing and then followed up by, oh, you know, the, the. Please don't say the company name. I'm not going to, that's why I knew you. I'm not going to say anybody's name. That's my only request. I I will say, this is what I'll, what I will say is the good news is the good news is we found out this week that the better sports, that we were partnering with better sports for the morning show. That's what I, uh, that was the good news. But that was only after we got some disappointing news um, earlier in the week. And when I say disappointing news, it it frustrated. It really frustrated me. It really made me upset. And there have been times throughout the years where I have felt like what I think what we're doing is we are creating something that's new. We're doing something that's innovative. And I'm sometimes we get slighted by people and I'm like, don't you see what it is that we're doing? Like if we want to talk to you and you blow us off, like don't you see what it is that we're doing? We've had some of those experiences where, and I'm now I'm going to go to the show sheet to see the notes that I took. We've had some of those experiences that we're blown off. So we were looking to partner with someone uh, this year to provide some in-season contact content that was in my opinion mutually beneficial and and got blown off but then you know better sports came in there to save us but it reminded me of um the expo last year so at the expo last year we had intended to sit down with a big name in the space about how we how we continue to grow and we actually had a date and set with this person to do it. And they blew us off. Now that's fine, but it was frustrating because this is a person that the expo just passed. So it's why I'm reminded of it. It happened last year. This is a person that's always like, um, if you, if you see me at the expo, say hi, I want to make everyone feel welcome and all of that kind of stuff. But then like blew like blew us completely off. And oh it 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 I'm smiling right now, but it's not some it's some it's something that I still think about. I was gonna say the you, the, the you have a lot of energy and opinions on this show that you're passionate about. It's nothing to people who are watching to what Felix is like in private. And like the emotion that he shows when this this happens, because it is frustrating. And I think that 
you know, the frustrating part which, is which, the frustrating part. It's a lot of a lot of it's passion, though. It's not the like, frustrating part passion. about this one, about this situation, about the person that we, you know, we were or, like before the expo, before we got to the expo, we said, hey, we reached out to this person, said, hey, we'd like to sit down with you um, and talk about what it is that we're doing. They agreed to it. and We were going to have coffee with this person and then got completely blown off. The frustrating part isn't that. It's the fact that then you look at their, their tweets from the expo this year and it's like, we want to make everyone feel welcome. And if you see somebody that's outside of a group, shake their hand and it's just complete, it's, it's complete nonsense. It's complete BS. Now, and it, uh, so those two, you know, one thing happened this week. The, the other thing happened last year that kind of made me remind me of it. And I, and I, it was there was a lesson there that I realized that was right in front of my face, and it's going to be plain to see. But with both of these people slash entities that I realized is quite frankly we aren't worth their time. If we were somebody with the audience of Matthew Barry or somebody at CBS. Et cetera, et cetera. This is a good thing, by the way. We wouldn't have been blown off. It is in it is a the lesson there is 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 just taking that information that we are not worth their time and receiving that, even though they're not telling us that directly, they are telling us in so many words. Austin, you aren't worth my time. Chris, you aren't worth my time. Felix, you are not worth my time. And just realizing that, and I've been listening. First of all, I listen to a lot of like entrepreneurship stuff, not like fantasy space entrepreneurship stuff. I'm talking about like real, like how do I build a hundred million dollar business stuff? And I was listening to this guy on Twitter or on YouTube who was talking about how um, he was trying to get a meeting with Arnold Schwarzenegger because he was in the gym business and he wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever to uh, to kind of endorse his gyms, whatever, whatever. And Arnold Schwarzenegger would never, like, he wouldn't get back to him. But then he did well in his business, and he and his wife donated a million dollars to Arnold Schwarzenegger's charity. And now he talks to Arnold Schwarzenegger all his time. Now he's worth Arnold Schwarzenegger's time. The lesson from that was to – the lesson from that was, was, one, he wasn't worth his time at, the, at, the, at that time, but then to work – harder like now i'm gonna take it as a sign of disrespect to us which is gonna fuel me and hopefully fuel the rest of us to work harder um but i i i was so frustrated earlier this week when we got that uh, getting blown off by someone and then realizing oh i am being we are being blown off by this person because we are not worth their time you know what let me become worth your time. And the funny thing is, is by the time our audience is big enough to where they would have more respect for us, we would not need them. We wouldn't be reaching out to them. They would be reaching out to us, to, to which point we'd be like, I mean, maybe, okay. So I was just, a, I, the, there was a lesson in the disappointment and the, the feelings that I had, the rage that I had in being told this, that I, you know, is not worth somebody's time. It's like, no, like I have to, 
or we as a company have to continue to build our audience. And, and quite frankly, it's like what Devin Brown has done in Ohio State's quarterback room. Chris is laughing, but I'm serious. What Devin Brown has done in the, in the Ohio State's quarterback room is make you respect him. We as a company, we think that we're doing well but we're not making everyone respect us yet. And that's just the objective truth because we've had plenty of people just blow us off and just to take that information and say, oh, you know what? I needed that. I needed to realize that we have more work to do and that we cannot get comfortable. And Chris, you know how I am. How You know I, how I take, I, you know how I take slights. I, I, I posted something in our, our Slack the other day that I think disagreed with one of your opinions and it's like nine 15 in the morning. And I get a call from Felix is like, we got to talk about right now. <laughs> well, well, that wasn't me feeling disrespected by you. That no, was it wasn't, me, but I, that was I me, understand that was you were loving the com the community, like us going back and forth about something. I love just calls me to have me talk to his kids. What the hell? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, but what I'm saying is I think there's, the the passion that you and I think a lot of us have for for this is exacerbated when someone blows us off, right? Like we think that we are um, doing something different or building something that's uniquely valuable, and someone comes to you and says, "We don't think so." Like that's not right. how we see it. And the the worst part about it is um, is the conversations that we have with people. And, you know, so some, some of these people are, you know, high up important people don't get it. Those are the worst mm -hmm. who say, we just don't understand. We don't get, and they don't say this, but that's the takeaway. So they don't words, get it. They don't understand. It, yeah. Felix and I took a call. And again, I'm not going to name the company or the position of the person, but this is like a borderline, like C-suite kind of person that worked for this company. A yeah. three letter network. Yes. And about um, kind of our freshman guide and like the work that we're doing in the recruiting space. And we showed him campuscant.com. I think it was right after we had uh, upgraded the site last year. I'm pretty sure. I, I think we, it we was. had gone from, from version uh, you know, 1.0 to 2.0. And literally this guy couldn't even get past the fact that we didn't have uh, message <laughs> forums built into our website, that we were using Discord. Yeah. to build our our uh kind of chat base with our members literally couldn't even get past it and the person that got us the call is on the call with us like this is like cool stuff and this guy just like couldn't even get past he's like where do where do where, where are the message boards where do where do where do the georgia fans go to talk to other georgia fans and we're like that's not what we're doing right now that's like 1990s stuff in the first place but that that's not what we're building they so like it's it's there's just I mean, and not to even get wrapped up in the people who, in my opinion, are just not savvy in the fantasy space at all from a business perspective. But that one was just like Felix and I both sat there on that call and like I think I was smiled. texting you. I was like, we'll never talk to this person again. Yep. Like we I think you even said, I think you text our group. You said we're gonna have to do this on our own for a little while. And that's the I, I think I've I've been like I have been tweeting my feelings about this throughout the week in so many words. I think I tweeted something today. I said, uh, when you realize that no one's coming to save you, that's when you can start to save yourself. 
and I really meant from a business perspective, we have folks, we have reached out to everyone. And when I say everyone, I'm not even talking about just the fantasy space. I'm talking about, we've tried to get meetings with everybody, every network about what it is that we're doing, because we think that we're doing what we're doing is innovative and is potentially the future of the fantasy space. And Nobody under, understands it. They will understand it in two to five years when we have a YouTube page with 50,000 subscribers, with 100,000 subscribers, when we're getting millions of downloads. And then they, and quite frank, and this is how business works, then they will come to us and we'll get to pick and choose. So, you know, I can, I can. I can choose to feel slighted and disrespected now, or I can take the information that I'm receiving and say, oh, we are not worth your time. Let me change that for you. And it's going to take some time, but I will, I will get it. I will change it for you. I wish Chris was still on the call because I'll be back um, in a minute. He said, so I'm, I think people know that I'm, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. That's my day job. Back in 2012, 12 or 11 i was applying for uh what's what's called like a summer internship at law firms got a lot of denials from law firms big law firms around the country i kept them for two reasons one if i was ever against them on the other side of the aisle after i you know was practicing and two if i was ever in a position to give business to a law firm that's how it works like you've worked for a big company you give business to outside law firms that I would not give business to those law firms, or I would make sure that I remember that I got the rejection from those law firms back in 2012. Well, now I'm in a position where I actually give work to outside law firms, the biggest law firms in the country. And I still have those rejection letters, <laughs> those rejection letters in their envelopes uh, sitting there by so I can remember. And I'm going to remember these two folks that have slided. It's not going to... We're going to we'll keep never, doing what we're we'll doing. We'll never work with them, by the way. I know I'm uh, more subdued on these things than you are, but I'm pretty, I will hold firm. I will never vote to work with either of these two groups ever. We have seven votes. I might get outvoted, but I'll never vote yeah. to work for either with either of them ever. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think the, the I, I don't know. We kind of want to. We've done this in the in the uh, Discord where we kind of share some of the ups and downs of of actually building the business. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago where we um or it was a couple of months ago now where something happened where we lost like we lost a whole bunch of our grandfather members because of like a glitch or something like that. And we told y'all what was happening and we had like I don't know, maybe 60 percent of the people sign up that I mean, within like 30 minutes or something like that, sign back up um, when we announced that. Or we, we had, I think we announced it and then we sent an email out saying this happened. You guys lost your membership because of something or something. And, you know, we got I mean, we got support from you. I don't know why y'all support us, but we do. And the funny thing is, is nobody the, I think people see us, but people don't see y'all. Like people don't see the numbers that we have in the discord, the loyalty that we have this this show this podcast feed is the most listened to show of its kind in the country 
when you look at any of the numbers, if you look at rates and reviews, downloads, whatever, it is the most listened to in the country. Now, we do serve a niche, so the audience that we serve is smaller, but we are number one within that smaller audience by a wide margin. And there are competitors out there that have the backing of bigger platforms and we still outperform them. I think it's it's due to our consistency, the fact that we have a team, the fact that we continue to add value to our product and our service and we'll continue to do so. So, you know, I want to be transparent because I, I we're, 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 we're in the sky trying to build the plane and I want to keep you, let you guys know what it's like trying to build a plane in the air. And this week, this week it started off. I was, I was, I am prone to sending somebody a message saying, I do not like you. And here's why. And I wanted to do that to this person that blew us off that we wanted to work with. And I didn't because I realized that lesson. Oh, this person is telling me that I'm not worth their time, his or her time. And you know what? I need to receive that and accept it and then make it my mission to become worth their time. So can I add something to what you just said, Felix? Um, the, there's not really a week that goes by, you know, we have a weekly meeting and whatnot where we don't talk about delivering value to our subscribers. A lot of the time that conversation is centered around, um, you know, how do we improve our product for the NIL? I mm-hmm. think we're, 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 right. We're doing that sort of thing with the podcast feed with some serious names and, and brain power. We also talk about, you know, we're talking today uh, about rankings for this year, you know, something that I had done for the last two years and we finally have automated it. And I think the result is better than anything I was doing. Just giving, making sure that that gets to everyone who's at the campus can like membership. Uh, I, I think because y'all are so loyal and, um, like, yes, it's a niche, but the strength of what we're doing is really just a very passionate well, it's loyalty. Yeah, ba- basically, everybody who was watching this show is still watching. It's 11.01. We're, we're done with the real show, and nobody has dropped off of the street. I mean, I don't know why y'all are still here. I'm looking yeah. at the numbers, and nobody has dropped off of the street. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of what we would – well, we wouldn't be where we are – and want to go without the passion of a lot of our like most like I don't say fanatical, but like hardcore members who are who are always advocating for us to others too. And that's such a big thing. Like word of mouth is is so important when you're trying to grow a brand. And I I mean our our subs and our members are just like really a lot of them are just we've gotten to know them over time, like especially those who've been with us from the beginning, like really awesome people and and just passionate about football like we are just a way to engage in the community i think that's what i i was thinking the other day what is the most valuable thing that we offer on the the website and i think it's the discord mm-hmm. like you can get that 299 right but you get in and there's so much conversation and information being shared across so many different places that with pat people that are just as passionate as you are it's a cool place to be and so i 
you know, I, I think our members are, are, we're always trying to provide value and they're always delivering value to us just with their passion and, and sharing and willingness to, you know, you know how I know that the space is growing is because there are, and this is a good thing. There are people playing campus again who are not subscribed to us. Like there are like those numbers, I'm seeing them more and more because uh, like Jetpack Galileo just po posted something yesterday or whatever. And this guy was complaining about being in the 22nd round of his campus can startup saying like, I don't know who to draft now. And I was like, well, d send me a DM and I'll get you a, a subscription to, to the website for a month uh, for free. And, um, but just knowing that there are like, that's good for the space that there are more people playing now who just aren't, aren't subscribers to our, aren't listening to, you know, get Raheem Sanders, get Devin Neal, get Quinshawn Judkins. That is actually good for the space. The fact that there are more people playing now who aren't subscribed to us. But Mox, you talked about the value that we provide and that we're trying to provide. I think that we know we like some, somebody's going to catch on to like, holy, what are, what are they doing? We could do something like that. So we're trying to get so far ahead in the content because when the ESPN and CBS and um, fantasy pros, fantasy pros has actually been Mike shout out to Mike uh, Maher at fantasy pros who has been excellent to work with. Um, but when they understand that, Hey, we should be investing in this space. We're a little pee wee mom and pop startup. We started this company with what? $600 or something like that. Like we, I mean, financially, it's just to stay. We we can't compete financially with a fantasy pros. If fantasy pros decided we're going to pay Jarek two hundred thousand dollars a year to come in and produce content, like we can we couldn't compete with that. So we know we have to get so far ahead and establish ourselves and our foothold. We have to continue to like we just acquired Nicholas and Allen. Now we have the best statistical projections in the country for 133 FBF teams. If you want to go look at the history of Jacksonville state, you can do it. If you want to go see like Texas state statistical projections, you can do it. And it, we are continuing to pro provide value. We continue to look for ways to provide value because we are not going to mess around and get complacent. Not while I'm here, not while I'm breathing, we will not get complacent we will not think that we've won this thing and we can just you know go to the beach and sip my ties or whatever it is we're going to continue to provide values and quite frankly we know that the rate of return is like we provide all the content now now it's about community it's building the youtube page it's building the discord and so that's going to be my that's going to be my focus for the next year or so is building out those two I think we want to, I think we've done a good job of it. And I think we want to just get better at doing so. Yeah, um, just continuing to engage. Once you find the strategy, it's about volume. Once you find the strategy, the right strategy, it's about volume. And that's how leverage. you grow your audience. I watched that video. You did. I watch almost all the stuff you send me. I try to, li I try to limit it. Cause there's stuff that I'm like, Austin needs to see this. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I think a lot of it's a little hokey, but I listen to it and I or watch it or whatever. So, what'd you think of a uh, JWAX tweet earlier? Did you see my I response don't... to it? No, I didn't. So we don't need to 
get that deep into it. This probably actually sounds like a really good collective episode at some point, but we've talked about this a little bit behind the scenes. Well, what, what was Jay Wax tweet? Cause remember people are going to listen to this who haven't well, seen it. I, I was going to talk about that in a second, but oh. uh, okay. Well, we can read Jay Wax tweet first and I can say what I, I responded to it. I'm always He's, thinking about the listener and like, you know what, how they're listening into concerning for, this. First off, Jay, Jay Wack is someone who I don't, um, uh, I, I started work very early in my stuff at Dynasty Nerds, and so did Felix. Um, yeah. And I was like an anonymous uh, picture when I first started. Like, didn't have my picture or anything. And I can remember I started at Dynasty Twitter Nerds, egg. and like two weeks later, Jared DM'd me and was like, hey, I think you would grow faster as, a, as like a person on here if you showed your real picture and like used your name. And just like that simple advice, like it, I, I would give it to anybody. I think it was very, very helpful, but he said, I've seen many analysts and websites fizzle out. They didn't focus on solving problems. Anyone can whip up rankings, but what unique solution are you bringing to the table? Don't just blend in, stand out. I think we've done a pretty excellent job. And I actually think our solution to the problem, I think if you asked Felix and I to write it down, I think we would differ. I think our solution to the problem is that before we started campus2canton.com, that if you wanted C2C content, you had to go to one spot. Not that there was any, but you, if you wanted CFF content, you went to this website. If you wanted DFS content, you went over here. If you wanted um, you know, a recruiting info, you came over here. I think we were the first people to say, why should you have five subscriptions for all of these when you can hire a team and put them all under one roof? And have essentially a one-stop shop for everything that basically falls under the same umbrella anyway much like you would go to fantasy pros or dynasty nerds or dlf or football guys or etr or insert other website here that basically gives you a full menu when it comes to redraft and dfs and dynasty and, and all these different things but i responded to jared and said i actually think there's a spot in this space and i don't want to be presumptuous and think that we could fill it but for consulting on kind of helping people grow a brand like that and help them you know, there are a lot of websites out there and a lot of good analysts that don't know anything about business. Not that we're like experts, but I think we've done a pretty good job so far. I think there are a lot of people in this space that don't understand at all and that they just think if I write cool tweet threads and I put out a couple of videos that it's going to result in me building a brand and a business. And it doesn't at all. They're basically not. There's no correlation there. You, so I you think, know what? You yeah. know what it's like, Austin? It's the Logan Roy quote, which is you're not serious people. Like that's, yeah. but it's people who treat this far more as a hobby than a business. Look, I, I think there's a delineation there, and I do want to Which is fine. make that clear. Of like, course. there are people that just want to do this as a hobby. That's good. That's fine. That should, that should be the majority of the space. And that's not who I'm referring to here. I'm referring to the people that actually are like trying to seriously build a business or like a website or whatever, and not, they're just kind of treading water. Like, they're, they're, they're putting a lot of effort and a lot of time into something, but they don't really understand how to build it. And so, like, I not to give out our numbers, but we are multiplying very quickly here at Campus to Camp year over year over year in terms of membership, in terms of revenue, in terms of podcast downloads, in, in terms of subscribers on YouTube. Basically, any metric that you look at, we're up. Podcast downloads were up like 80% this offseason from where we were last offseason. I mean, I, and I, I don't think it's by accident. I think we've positioned ourselves very well. I think there are a lot of people that and we, we see the numbers way harder than us and do not do that and are not seen equitably. We see the numbers internally, and we're like, "What? If, what? You don't want to? You don't want to have a meeting with us? Are you serious? Like, you want to have a meeting with like this other brand that's not going to be around in a year and a half?" So, 
Um, a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that is making smart decisions in who we've hired over the last two years. I think we brought on some really, really sharp folks, um, especially what we did with Nick and uh, CP Winning Edge, right? Like us partnering with him was like a game changer and us upgrading the website. Like these these things are not small investments to, to make. And I think that you have to be willing to make that investment if you want to grow the business of, hey, like we want to do this. It's going, it's it, like shit ain't free, you know? Um, it, so, but it's always at the end of the day, like the belief that if you do the process right, the result will be, uh, you know, what you want. So like, I think we're in the process stage of, of building it. I think we've had a lot of success over the first three years, but it's still like process, process, process. And I think that we and our, our audience understands that. I didn't mean to cut you off, Austin. I just thought no, it was, you're good. It was an interesting point. Main event asked, by the way, is anybody discussing warp, which is wins over replacement player and CFF? Do I have news for you, main event? Uh, yes, we are working and discussing it. So, yes. Uh, yes, I'm developing yeah. it myself. No, I don't know. Felix is I'm in the lab. The first time. <laughs> Felix called me today about like a multiplication question, by the way. We still, but and just uh, this is not related. We actually have two tools that are still go like pending to go live on the website. Hopefully, by the time the season kicks off, like we are constantly, we've got a a, a huge tool that we haven't figured out how to market and give to people correctly yet on the recruiting side of things. Like we've got a lot of different stuff. Like we are constantly, yeah. Just what can we build? What can we do? How can we upgrade? Uh, not always who can we hire because I think we've got a great team, but sometimes you yeah. spot somebody that you must have or that you you know have a contingency if underdog offered CFF best ball tomorrow. We have a list of people and uh, tools that we would build like immediately to account like so many content. Like we're just always trying to place ourselves within the market to, to be prepared for things. And we've we've only ever hired people by reaching out to them. Like we, d we don't post job job offers i guess would, would like positions right we've said we think this person's doing a good job target them specifically and i think like mike is a great example of that right like mike is someone who we saw early not a huge following base for like this dude can can do it and i think you know he back to debbie that he has now with Corey and the work that he's done it's like incredible it's like it's been such a great relationship that like Bring out Mike is created for us. We didn't. That's we like, might have not, not necessarily had a choice at first, but we have now. We kind of have a choice, and we still kind of employ the same strategy as far as you know, getting people. This is how I want to land this plane. Um, I was looking at from time to time. I go. I'll go to Chartable and just see how the podcasts are doing comparatively to others in the space. And I noticed for the. I noticed that CTN was in the top hundred and I had never seen CTN ranked that high. Now Jared does a good job, but I think that, I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that he gets support from the people that support campus to Canton in general. And I was for a college fantasy podcast in and of itself to be in the top 100 above some of the biggest names in this space is no small deal. I don't care. I mean, if next week he's out of the top 100, whatever. But even temporary, even for the time being, 
That is a big deal in my opinion. Because again, we are like everybody out there, the, the audience, the, the, the large audience is the NFL fantasy audience. Our audience is so much smaller, so much smaller. And so to see CTN in the top 100 was a huge deal for me, was a huge deal for me. And I think it's something if you're supporting us, if you're supporting Campus to Ken, you should be proud of that because it means that I, th- I think people are receiving what it is that we're doing. I mean, that's it's it's no small feat for uh, chasing the natty to be in the top 100. And if you support Campus to Ken, you should be proud of that. Um, unless there's anything else. I just have real quick. I, I know it would have been nice to wrap it up there, but big time Browns just asked if I have a personal tool or database to pitch to the C2C leadership team, what would be the best way to share? It's something not replicated across the space. We are always open to any sort of message, whether that's a DM on Twitter at campus to Canton, whether that's an email, uh, campus to Canton at gmail.com. Uh, I'm at Debbie Dietz. Um, Felix at Sharp Review, Chris at Chris Moxley 19. I mean, any of us call in at C2C Decker is a good person too. Um, we will usually respond very, very quickly. Um, and uh, our and we've had this chat. exact scenario, by the yes. way, happen. So, like, this is something that we, if you're passionate, you've built something like we want to, or work. you just have an idea and you think it's great that we maybe haven't thought of. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for your support. I mean, I mean that sincerely from all of us. I, I don't know how this turned into a 45 minute reflection section, but session, but um, tune in week zero, listen to Canton bound tomorrow for another, for another announcement, <laughs> for another announcement. Uh, Colin is being replaced and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Awesome. It's a good thing yeah, for Colin. Regardless, it's a good thing for all of us. Thing, yeah. It's a good thing for all of us. All right. Good night, everybody.